It's Thursday, everyone. I'm Andrew Dowd. It is time for another Happening in the Hamptons podcast, our weekly breakdown of the Hamptons market, new listings, and events on the East End. We are sponsored today by New York Title Abstract, the Hamptons' leading title insurance firm. Visit NewYorkTitle.com. And joining us today, as always, are Steve Glick, Dave Retiner, and today, shockingly, for the first time, Laura White. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you so much for finally coming on the show. I can't believe we haven't had you on yet. But I know, right? Welcome, welcome. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's start with uh, a bit of good news, right? A special anniversary you're celebrating as we talk about on this real estate podcast. It's it's a big one and a rare one, I guess, for <laughs> most people. 40 years in the business of real estate in the Hamptons. 40 years. That's impressive. Started in 1983. I was born in 84. <laughs> so, okay, then. But, uh, but, that makes me feel really old <laughs> no 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 experience or knowledgeable. your experience knowledgeable. Okay. and knowledgeable but that's no this is actually this is a good we've we've talked so much lately on the podcast about the market and where we see it going but you have a really deep understanding of where the market has been and i think that that goes a long way in understanding where we are now and and kind of what the future holds so i don't disagree i believe that it's so cyclical that you know we start to live in the present day and panic about the present circumstances or get carried away when the market is way up and think it's never going to change, but it's very cyclical and you just have to be ready to hold on to your seat when it's going down and save when it's going up. And that's really the, uh, good the, big, the rule of real estate. Yeah. Which I guess hasn't, you know, it doesn't change, right? It doesn't it's, change gotta, in but, but 40 people, years. <laughs> people get so, uh, entrenched in the now. Yeah. Well, know? they try to play the game. They try to time the market. And it's like some people they'll spend their whole lives not doing anything. They're just, oh, I'm waiting for it to come down. And it's like, you, it's like, how do you convince some a buyer in this market that there's nothing to be afraid of and it's a good time? Well, I think smart investors in this market are waiting on the market. They're waiting. The upper end is right now um, not our lead market. It's kind of they're they're in a little bit of a holding pattern. Mm -hmm. And I think that's based on the fact that they are a secondary market or investors, and that they are waiting for a market to be at a level that they feel that they will have a solid investment, no matter where if it's here, New York, Florida, doesn't matter. This is now not the COVID market that people are just um, knee-jerk right. reaction. This is solid investing and looking towards the future. How large of an impact are the increasing interest rates having on the higher end? Is that just psychological for them because they can afford the cash or yeah, they're not really mortgaging it, but that's it's still I'm saying. It's so psychological, are they just right? saying, well, interest rates are high, so therefore I'm not going to pull the trigger and see well, what happens. Or I is believe that the interest rates affect all markets. And that mm -hmm. is because they, um, most higher, um, wealth individuals, maybe they're not getting a mortgage, but they will be borrowing off of their investments or what they have their savings and they don't want to take money out of a market that's low. If the stock market's gone down and their investments are lower, why take the money out when it's low? You want to sell while you're high. So no matter what it is, if it's not a direct influence on the interest rates, it definitely is, it is, you know, affected by the stock market and where the stock market is for the upper end. The lower end of the market, however, um, oddly enough, has not been as influenced in the Hamptons um, with the interest rates rising. Our numbers are way up, as I think mm -hmm. you will will be noted later when we talk about the weekly updates. 
the lower end has been very strong and it's yep. actually our leading market for the last month and a half to two months in the Hamptons. That's interesting. Where, so, do, you, where do you define the, the upper end and lower end? The, the idea of like a secondary and a primary you know, I don't believe most primary markets out here are kind of top out at about two and a half million. So, you know, below three million mm -hmm. right now is really our strongest part of the market. Probably primary markets under two million. Interesting. So, uh, Laura, you've gotten to the business, you know, you said 40 years ago. Where were the interest rates? What, what was the highest interest rate you have seen in the course of the 40 years? Because people say, oh, the interest rates are so high right now. But I don't think that's the case when you look at it in no, the span of 40 years, right? In the span of 40 years, they've been all over the place. I think for the lowest, which was during COVID, was mm -hmm. you know below 3%. three And yeah. we've seen upwards of 18 plus. Ooh. And hard to believe it, people were 18. still buying that's because crazy. the stock market was still very strong. Right. Interesting. And then 1987 came and the stock market crashed on Black Monday. Um, mm -hmm. October 17th, and the world totally changed for the next two years. Wow. In fact, I took a vacation for two years. We moved to Italy and left because there was nothing we could do here. Unbelievable. Wow. wow. So did you just say you moved to Italy? We did for two wow. years. Wow. That that's sounds like so a good amazing. idea, right? Sometimes well, Italy. There, was, there was no work to be had, so you might as well make hay. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what I read the other day? I think I read it on like CNBC. It was one of the lead articles that there was like a town in Italy you could buy for like $1.5 million. Yeah, dollars yeah, yeah, a town. An entire town with like a castle. Mayor Dave. I was like, why <laughs> would we not do that? Like, I was like, that is so That's awesome. awesome. So Laura, how did you get into real estate? You know, 40 years ago, you were just a young kid running around. How did you get into Hamptons real estate? Well, I had finished grad school at Stony Brook University as a, in regional planning, and my professor, Lee Koppelman, at the time told us he had not hired anyone in regional planning on Long Island for the past 12 years. So, <laughs> a bit like, disappointing. Oh, no. <laughs> it was You're a slight like, disappointment, really and I decided I had to look at other... I, other ideas and other work abilities out here that were available to me um, that I could actually make a living in, in order to stay here. And I was given an opportunity to sell condominiums at Meacox Landing. Oh, wow. I was approached by a gentleman. And so I spent th my first three years at Meacox Landing in Watermill selling condominiums. We sold 30 units in three years. I worked for a gentleman named Eric Ramsey. He's a real, his agency still is in, uh, in, I believe Patchogue, his son now took it over. But yep, so we sat there for three years and I moved on to other agencies and that's where I got my start. And actually I'm still in touch with many of that clientele. Wow. So you so have you, that, sorry, you have that Hamptons disease that I have where you just really want to be here ever since you were younger. I love it here. Yeah, There's no reason not like... to love it here. It's a very safe, beautiful environment to live in. Yeah. And I love to travel, but coming home is always here. Yeah, it's so, interesting. I have the same exact. Uh, so we, we we do advertising and marketing, trying to sell these properties, and every year we always, we're always changing how we're advertising them from social media to you know videography to you know three D Matterport room scans. Back in 1983 until now, how has it changed, and how? In, in, in selling real estate, how has you know the marketing or the efforts from the agents has changed over the course of the 40 years? 
it, it's changed amazingly. I don't think people would even understand how real estate was was done in back in the eighties. You know, we had um, each day. I mean, this was ahead of its time. We you would get a pile of new listings put on your desk, okay. paper listings that were xeroxed off. And we'd put them into our own books. So you have to keep your own listing book. So how would you get the information? A fax machine? Is that a thing? There was no such fax machine. It was, no. called, it was, called, a mic, is... it was called a microfiche back then. Oh, <laughs> wow. And we did okay. have a Xerox machine. Xerox machines were big. So you would get a paper listing and you place it in your own book. And you had to keep them updated. And it was your own listing, your, your own personal listing. The office would keep a master grouping of that. Wow. And then we progressed into computers um, that took about 15 years my (laughs) career before I got to computers and it was it was it changed the world because then Mm -hmm. we had to share with them with amongst different companies that's when exclusive listings started to occur there was no such thing back in the beginning you just had your own personal listings and then it was more competitive because whoever had the best listings whichever company had the best brokers brought in the best listing and you always had an estate broker to bring in from the estate section Um, and it really made a difference so people would go from brokerage to brokerage because each brokerage had their own listings so so you want to go to like one brokerage firm and say show me all the listings in the Hamptons because they wouldn't have access or know all the listings there was no centralization there was no centralization so now real estate is much easier from mm-hmm. a lot of perspectives that we sure. sh- we do share and, 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 oh, and also and, yeah, for a sharing. buyer it's much more user friendly everything's online and you can find things you go to one broker one broker generally has the ability to mm-hmm. share all listings Correct. throughout the Hamptons so I think it's changed everything monumentally in terms of marketing from cold calling the estate section to um, it's totally changed. It's unbelievable. And to see where it's going to go in the next 40 years, uh, you know, I can't even imagine what's going to happen. You know, every year we're, we're adding new things to the marketing department and trying new ways to advertise and promote these properties. And over the course of my career, it's changed dramatically with introduction of social media. So to see where it's going to go in the next 40 years, you know, who knows? Well, the best form of advertising is having a great referral network. And after 40 years, a referral network to me is more, I, I, want to keep that really precious more so than anything else because that's where I get my best. Yeah. That's the thing. The old school, unbelievable reputation, the the old school approach of just talking to somebody face to face, you know, calling them on, you know, a phone or just seeing them for a coffee or, you know, going to visit them at their home. That's like the best way. It's just a personal It's touch. really the, in many ways, it's the only way. I mean, it really is yeah. sort of a fantasy that, that I feel that is sold to new real estate agents that, oh, if you enroll in this program or right. if you buy this software The leads are just going to come pouring or, in. Yeah, or, or if you push this button, we'll get you all these social media followers. It's like, no, man. Like, Referral every, and Everything yeah. in terms of growing your social media following to growing your client base to growing, you know, people Networking. that know you yeah. is you putting out the effort. Yeah, There's putting, tools that you have to utilize to do that, but you have to put well, being, out the effort. Being part of the community, talking amongst your peers, your friends, and having a good referral and doing business the right way. Because right. like Laura said, a lot of her business is referral business and repeat business. And she has to treat each client with the utmost respect and, and handle it properly because they know that they're going to tell their friends and tell their friends what a great job um, Laura has done. And that's how you built a successful career over the um, 40 years. Right. So during your career, you sell all types of homes. Um, what would you say like your forte is? Where do you you specialize in? Because there's so many aspects of the market. Where do you really like to focus on and, and, and work? 
you know, my specialty from the beginning was land. I understood land. I, you know, went to graduate school about developing it and subdividing it. Um, I married an architect. So developing was really always my forte and waterfront most especially because my uh, undergraduate degree is environmental science and I understood the requirements of building on the waterfront and the regulations. Things have dramatically changed now Mm -hmm. uh, since uh, FEMA has put new regulations in in place. However, waterfront, I always tell people the best investments are waterfront, village, south of the highway and commercial. If you buy any of those four, you always have a solid investment. Ah. Um, But waterfront and south of the highway, I would say in my career have been my forte. This is that's great advice. And most people, you know, they look at waterfront homes and say, oh yeah, it's you know it's on the water, it's great. But there's so much involved in it. If you want to build on waterfront or add things to that property that is on the water or resize something. So it's very tricky and to understand that and have that background and that knowledge it's really good to, to as you're advising your clients. Well, yeah, why is why isn't waterfront? I mean, nobody seems to um, worry about this with waterfront. Is like erosion. Like, erosion? why isn't that like this big huge problem for a buyer? Is it because I it comes and goes? Because you know, I've noticed like properties. Like, I remember I had a friend that lived. Sorry to no. you know interrupt, but I had a friend that lived on uh, Gerard Drive, and. I remember they had, there's like an erosion problem on Jar Drive and it, but it's been there since I was, can remember it's like 30 years since I was 10 years old. I can remember this, there being an erosion problem on Gerard Drive in Springs, beautiful mm-hmm. street. Gorgeous. And, um, the property his grandmother had one year gained like two acres for like no reason. <laughs> And then five and then, years later, those two uh, acres are gone. And like, exactly. Exactly. And so it's like, wow. it, exactly. And so it's like, they would joke about it, but, but I mean, when it comes to waterfront, it's just not the land, you know, right. Gerard drive also had a very intense issue with water. Right. They did not have fresh water because of saltwater intrusion. The water levels, oh, yeah. the water levels there, um, in the fresh water, they, they couldn't have wells anymore. They had to bring right. in town water. So yeah. it almost deemed all of Gerard drive unlivable for a few years until the town brought they public fixed water it up or something. Yeah, they did. So I remember there's so many too. aspects of it that, you know, it's a beautiful place. And I, I love Gerard drive. I almost purchased just there once before myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, there's a lot more that goes into the thought process. And I don't think many people, you know, buyers are not aware there, you know, it's a beautiful, it's a solid investment, but many times not all brokers are knowledgeable of the different issues that are involved with it. Mm-hmm. So Laura, you've seen a lot of markets up and down, like every, you know, it cycles through the real estate markets. We've seen a cycle that just passed with the COVID cycle. And now we're coming into, you know, Post, no, yeah. higher interest rates right? post COVID. Where do you? Yeah. How do you relate these swings in the market in the past three years to previous fluctuations? I, I believe it's it's very similar to different situations we've had. We had a very low market in 2019. Um, I always wonder if it wasn't if COVID didn't hit 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 us hard, what would have happened to our market? I believe we would have probably had something that spurred it on. We would have had a rise naturally. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was spurred on by a pandemic. However, this market coming down, whatever goes up has to come down at some point. Mm -hmm. This too will level out and we will see what a new normal market becomes. But this, that was not a normal market. It was an uncomfortable market from my point of view because we couldn't service our clientele properly. And I feel that there was, 
you know, a difficult time for um, buyers because they had to settle for things that maybe weren't what they really wanted. And I think there will be a lot of trading that goes on once the rates equalize and kind of normalize. So that's what you see for the future as, you know, we're rounding out the year of 2022 coming into 2023. You see it normalizing a little bit more? I, I do. I think once the seller's expectations and the buyer's desire to buy kind of realign right now, there's a big gap between the two. I do feel we'll have a very strong market, most especially in the upper markets, which are a little bit stale and uh, right now, mm-hmm. uh, there, there is still a demand for high level real estate to be transacted and a desire for them. However, I think it's a bit of a wait and see. The numbers rose very artificially and smart money is waiting for some numbers to come down a bit. Well, what about inventory? Do you see more listings coming onto the market? Because we're going to review the numbers shortly and the inventory is, 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 you know, slowly increasing, but it's also decreasing in some other areas. I do not think we'll be seeing a huge rise in inventory other than maybe someone who purchased something with a uh, expectation of a rental income that they may not be seeing this year. And there may be some people that need to sell. And I think that will be rise. That will be our new inventory that comes to hit the market. So let's talk about the market. How interesting listening to you, man. Sure. The, um, she's very smart. Yeah. Very. I mean, this is like, this is what I was saying at the beginning. It's like you, you, when you, when you've seen the market and this is getting a little bit of a tangent, but on a previous podcast, I mentioned there was a bunch of people that dove into real estate during the pandemic. Cause they were like oh, easy money. Like, this is great. Look yeah. how quick that. And now they're like, they're what do I, where's my, where's my listing? Right. Man. Mm-hmm. And Laura's just like, yeah, this is what happened. You know, I've seen it before. We'll see it again. Not necessarily the pandemic, but just the ebbs and flows in the market. You know, it's like, this is, how well, it goes. There's some new agents out there that, you know, not even on Long Island where, you know, we follow all these agents on social media and they'll have like this like really intense, you know, video or the market's this mark, blah, 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 blah. And they're like really excited and blah, blah, blah. And then you look them up and they don't have any listings. Well, you <laughs> know, there's been a new top <laughs> producer. Like, oh God, this poor guy, man. Yeah. He's putting all his heart and soul into this whole thing. And it's like, you know, I never, I never had this happen before, but recently there's also um, some top brokers, not necessarily from here that I've, I found advertising my listings. Yeah, that's and horrible. you know, um, that's because horrible. they don't have their own, and right. when confronted, when I've been dumb. told, "Well, yeah. aren't oh, I, I doing know. you a favor by yeah. advertising?" Oh, I didn't know. And yeah. it just, you know, I think that's what we're going to see. So I think buyer beware as well. That I think you need to research who you do work with because I yeah. think you need to find the real McCoy, the people who actually do understand the market and are actually working in that market, not someone who's throwing out um, teasers. Yeah, you we really should. have to be careful when it comes to that. You really got to find someone like like yourself, obviously somebody that's experienced and with the proper reputation. But I do think what still is selling and has been selling through COVID is new construction, something that's user-friendly, something that you can move right into and enjoy it the next day. And those products are still going to be you know, fluid. Um, there's a lot of construction out there there's and a lot, a lot of new construction going up That's and the builders are still very busy. So those, when they hit the market are still going to sell We're, yep. you know, that is what buyers are still looking for. They went instant gratification and they should have it for the numbers they're paying. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. Uh, okay. Back to the, back to the numbers, Steve, where are we at? <clears throat> sure. Over the past week, there were 14 listings that went into contract last year. There were 36 and the year before that, in 2020, it was 44. So we're seeing decreases of upwards of 60 to 68% um, from year over year. 
the breakdown of those 12 transactions this week, there was one between four and six, five between two and four, and six under two million. As you can see, it's very active under, you know, three million and under. It's very active market with listings going into contract. The dollar volume was 49 million. Last year, the dollar volume was 101 million. And the year before that, in 2020, the dollar volume in one week was 170 million. So certainly a decrease in those numbers. The new listings coming onto the market, there were 18 new listings that came onto the market. So it increases the inventory by four listings. The breakdown of those 18 new listings, there was one between 10 and 20 million, one between six and eight million, two between four and six million, seven between two and four million, and seven under two million. Inventory, uh, dipped below 1,900 listings, so it's 1,867 total listings, which includes North Fork Active and in contract. If you just focus on the Hamptons market, there are 1,284 active listings, and there's currently 489 in contract listings in the Hamptons. Interesting. So I'm just looking at the, the time, and I know Laura is, as always, a very busy real estate agent. So I want to make sure she can get to her appointments for the day. So let's jump right over to Dave with what's happening this week Yeah, in the Hamptons. Lots of, lots of fun and wonderful things are happening. Still holiday season, right? Yeah, it's, it's, the, holiday it's peak season. holiday season. This is it. This is it. <laughs> yeah, you got, um, so the Dance Studio 3 uh, is going to have a classic nutcracker with a twist. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, 7, on 11, and 1 p.m. And that's going to be at Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor. So it's the Mixed Nuts blends the classic Nutcracker Ballet with the story of Home Alone. No way. Yeah. So Nut it's wait, Nutcracker yeah. and Home Alone the movie? It, yeah. So it kind That's of quite the twist. It, you know what it feels like? <laughs> what? It kind of sounds to me like a couple of guys were sitting around... And maybe they were doing something together. And they were like, you okay. know what would be pretty cool? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what do they go for? did the nutcracker. What do they break Home into? Alone. They break into the house and steal the nutcracker? I don't know. It's a pretty wild It's a pretty wild Interesting. thing. Interesting. But, um, that you know, sounds fun. It's very creative. You know, yeah. why not? Why you not? Know? Why not? It's the winter time. Anything goes in the Hamptons. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So you have the, also you have the Longhouse Reserve Illuminated. Um, not the reserve, the long, the long house is illuminated and you can see the garden in a different light, uh, this weekend the, on December 16th, it's at 4 30 PM. And on December 17th, it's at 8 PM. And this is kind of like a nice date night thing to do or something to do with your kids. You just walk around the long house and just check out all the cool lights. That's it's a fun. beautiful place. Um, we all know what the long house is. And then we've got the Cherry Bombs, uh, which is a band, a local band, that is performing live at Best Pizza and Dive Bar. And let me tell you, they have the best pizza, Steve. <laughs> and uh, you should know, Dave. Do that? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Restaurant Reviewer. I, 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 I expect the full I review. I got to do a review at Best Pizza. Yeah, Best Pizza Dive Bar. So yeah. Cherry Bombs Music, they are super local, super cool. Um and they're creating a buzz in the community for sure. Uh, they've been playing at a, a lot of different venues, um, and they're going to be doing Best Pizza uh, this weekend at 8 p.m. So um, go for the fun, but also go to support this cool little uh, local group. And that's your Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the Hamptons. Do you know this place, um, Laura? 
Best pizza, Nap Peak Stretch. Yeah, of it's course. right on the Nap Peak Stretch. It's yeah, it's a uh, what was a it city, it's, a, it's a city restaurant. It's that a now lofty has, name has for a restaurant. Here. Yeah, what the was it before? Pizza. It's that, that's so sad that I can't remember. It was like some other place before, and it's on the I tip of my tongue, that. and I can't remember either. It's one of those places. <laughs> well, anyway, it's one of those commercial restaurants. Okay, that was always something different. Sure. And I gotta try this apparently out. Apparently, Best Pizza has you know they've been there for a while. Well, it's a Brooklyn outpost. Yeah. Best Pizza is also in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, they are the best. Oh, okay. Yeah. It yeah, is an outpost best. if it's on the net picture. Yes, I mean, you can't true. you can't get more outposts than that. <laughs> that's um, so it's so weird because I wear that hat where it says I'm the best. I wear that hat every day. You know the hat where it says I'm the best. <laughs> okay, is that from Best Pizza? <laughs> I can't wait till we have the video podcast got, going so you can SNL wear that skit. Nobody saw that SNL skit where the guy, where the uh, Will Ferrell, and it's a commercial for a, I am the best hat company. No. All right, well, I get look, it. We'll look no, up. Okay. We're gonna Google okay. that. We're gonna watch it on YouTube after this, though. <laughs> what else is going on this weekend? Okay, so Saturday, December seventeenth at seven thirty p.m., you're gonna have the. Holiday Harmonies, starring Darren Otati and his talented band. They're going to be playing at 31 East Montauk Highway in Hampton Bays at the St. Rosalie's Church. And this is sponsored by the Rotary Club of Hampton Bays. And we have a few people in our lives that are members of the Rotary Club in Hampton Bays. So there you go. All right, Laura, final thoughts before we let you go. Final thought. Well, I wish everyone a very happy new year and mm-hmm. yep. the best for 2023. It's going to be a good year. Uh, I do feel that we're going to do well real estate wise as long as you're w- willing to uh, stay the course. And I thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining yeah, us. That was more. great. All right. That's Thursday. That's our podcast, everybody. We'll see you next week. Right? Next week. Yeah. One more. All right, everybody. Have a great Thursday. I'm Andrew Dowd, and that is what's happening in the Hamptons. Uh-